episode 82 of the Actors Room. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jeff Tarowski, and this is going to be about Christopher Walken. You heard me right. This guy is so much fun to talk about, to study, to watch, everything. It's going to be a great episode. This guy's fascinating. Not like Mickey Rourke, but just as fucking good. Sit back. Relax. Open up a nice beverage. I hope you enjoy the show. Christopher Walken. This is an artist that has been described in many, many ways. Here's a few. Otherworldly. Spooky. Surreal. Haunted. Dangerous. Cold to the touch. Engaging and magical. You wouldn't know it, but he classifies himself is very conservative. He has performed in Shakespeare as Hamlet and Romeo three times. Who is this guy? Where is this guy? We will try to figure that out in the actor's room. Once again, my name is Jeff Tarowski and I'm sitting here in my room, actually in my room. Not in the closet. Not in some hole which I'm used to doing. I've progressed, got some new equipment, nervous about it. I'm not used to being in a room, so this is weird, but we're going to continue on here. Wish me luck with my new equipment. I hope it sounds good. Christopher Walken is one hell of a talent, strange guy. He's all over the place with comedy, drama, been around forever. Most know him for his comedy, but... I think you'll be pleasantly surprised on just how talented, hard-driven, and loosey, goosey he is in his acting. He has a lot of fun, he has a good time, and I think that's what all of us appreciate with great actors of today and yesteryear. So, here we go talking about this wonderful man. And he is wonderful. Although he may seem a bit creepy, he's not. He's a regular guy, right? (laughs) Not really, but let's get into this. Chris Walken's name is Ron. That's his real name, Ronald. Chris is a nickname, and just like Mickey Rourke, just like Mickey Rourke, not his real name. Christopher, a nickname, they also call him Ronnie, but his real name is Ron. Christopher Walken was born on March 31st, 1943. Grew up in Astoria, Queens, New York. And I say lovely. Why lovely? I lived in Astoria, Queens for about three years. Awesome. I wonder where he lived. Chris, I lived right off of Ditmars, the last stop on the NR train. Ditmars. And I think we lived on 41st Street, which was about 10 blocks away from the train. It was the very last stop on the train going to Queens. The NR train. This is where Christopher Walken grew up. His parents are from Europe and came to America in their early lives. Chris's father was a baker and his mom loved the arts. And it was his mother that was the biggest influence on his artistic goals. He started as a young child in the arts. His mom got him in the business right away. And as soon as he could crawl, he was in the theater. Chris says that Rockefeller Center was the place to be. And they were there every day. He was around that lifestyle. That group of people. That was him. Chris remembers that acting as a child and acting on the stage did have its drawbacks. 
The adults would treat us like furniture, he said. They would move us from here to there. Everywhere. We were furniture. But he didn't mind. He was there. He was in the theater. It was fun. And he wanted to be a part of that world. It became a part of him as well. Maybe. Just maybe all of him. All of these interesting people. All around young Christopher... They were performers. There was competition everywhere. Chris recalls he was surrounded by women. And all these women would sit around, drink coffee, smoke cigarettes, because he said most of them couldn't do it at home. So they relished in just being themselves and being a part of this lifestyle, the art world, bohemians. And Christopher Walken, and at this time I think it was Ronnie, okay, was sent by his parents to a school called the Professional Children's School. And this was a very interesting school. It's a school for kid actors. I'm going to explain this. Chris, at a very young age, was doing theater, performing, just doing all sorts of things uh, in regards to theater, working behind the scenes, props, costumes lights, all that stuff. I mean, he was involved, and he was like pretty much working as a child actor at this time in his life. So there's a school that is available to working kid actors, and that's what this school is all about. That's where Chris Walken went for his entire schooling, I think. It would start in kindergarten. It would go all the way up to 12th grade. That's rare. That's weird. It was a special school. Interesting school. A lot of other stars went there. I forgot to write down the other names, the other people that went there. But some very noteworthy people went to this school. Actors, performers. They would go on to be big names. Chris was one of them. I mean, he was doing this since the very beginning of his life. Like I said, when he was crawling, like he was around the theater. Chris finds life and art to be exotic. He feels that this began in his childhood, being exposed to gypsies, dancers. It was like he was being raised on another planet. I mean, at the age of 10, he was working with Jerry Lewis. And when he graduated from the professional children's school in 12th grade, he received his diploma from Gypsy Rose Lee, and I guess she was a big deal. I didn't know who she was. I looked her up, and she's been involved in theater since forever, I guess. This Gypsy Rose Lee. So if you know who that is, congratulations. I didn't. He attended college at Hofstra for only one year. He didn't like college that much. He's like, college? Studying? No. I hated it. Always did. And He just wasn't that that student, that learning things. He felt that the only things you really needed was to know how to read, how to comprehend what you read, uh, certain basic math skills, okay, that can get you by. But he said if there was something you love to do, why go to school and learn about all this other stuff that you're not going to need? It makes perfect sense if you think about it. All of the school things that we've learned in the past – The certain things that we learn, like the basics, uh, we get it. Like, that's the stuff you need to know. All that other stuff, I I guess, is extra stuff you might use in the future. But Chris felt Hofstra College, why do it? Why go even further with it, wasting money, all that stuff? After one year, he said, I want to act. That makes sense. So that's what he did. I mean, at, at college, he says... He missed being out in the world, young and free. He wanted to perform. Why waste my time in college? Go do it. Do it now. Don't wait. Christopher Walken was a dancer. He studied in tap mostly, but was well-versed in all sorts of dance. And one of his first roles was in a play called Best Foot Forward as a Dancer. Chris is six feet tall. I know, I know, he says. I look taller than that. It's the tall hair. 
but tall dancers get a lot of work. They're rare. And when asked why do tall dancers get a lot of work? Uh, because they're rare, he says. Duh. Next came a part for him in Baker Street. Then his first speaking role as King Philip in The Lion in Winter. Now this was his first bona fide acting role in New York City. Before this, it was all dance. But this, he actually had dialogue. And Chris remembers that he nearly got fired very quickly and early in the progression of the play. Chris was worried about learning all of his lines. And he would pace around the theater, repeating his lines over and over again. And the other actors in the show were getting tired of listening to him go over his lines, go over his lines. It was repetitive and it was just annoying. He was so stiff. Too scared, he said. He was making everyone so nervous. All around him. Everybody on the stage was on edge. He was simply blowing it. He sucked, he thought. And then one night, the producer took him out to dinner. They had a nice dinner. They talked about life. They talked about art. And the producer told him, Chris, you're a good kid. I like you, but I'm going to have to let you go. Chris was crushed. He said, all right, I know what you mean. I haven't been doing that well. And the producer said, well, to be quite honest with you, you're awful. Chris pled and begged. Please give me three more days. Just three more days. And the director, or I'm sorry, the producer said, fine, three days it is. But if you're not better by those three days, you're gone. But Chris told a line, shed the fear got over himself <laughs> and continued on with the play. Did a great job. He was actually nominated for awards. No, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Let me go back there. He wasn't nominated. He won awards for that role. He went from almost being fired and sucking up the room to actually winning awards for his performance. Chris says this was the turnaround for him. This did it. This kicked it off. He could act. He just didn't dance. Like, he could act, too. He felt, I have no business being on the stage and acting. I could dance. I'm a tall dancer. That's rare. He was a bit odd, even at that time. But that was intriguing. Casting directors, directors, producers, love to see performers like Chris walk in the room. The quirky people, the different kind of people, they have to have a certain um, quality to them that makes them stick out. And Christopher Walken had that ability, that rare ability to step into a room and stick out. Where other actors didn't have that, they struggled in that way, they were just too normal. Well, that didn't apply to Mr. Walken. Chris was in demand to perform Shakespeare. Critics would remark how masculine he was. Though he could strut around the stage like a cat, he could also reveal a tough exterior. He would get roles because of this gift. Measure for measure, he received amazing reviews at this time. Like any young professional actor, young Walken did struggle. And there would be times of no work at all for him. He kept himself busy by continuing to train and hang out around the actor's studio. So here you got Chris. He dances. Good dancer. And it's a a living. Dancing uh, off-Broadway plays. You're working. And he, he tried the acting thing on stage. Did fine. Actually won awards. But it doesn't mean you made it yet. Being an actor is so hard. You got a taste of success and you say to yourself, that's it, I made it, I am on my way, nothing's going to stop me now. And then you don't work for six months, nothing. But you got to keep yourself busy. Chris did. He didn't 
uh, get frustrated. Uh, he kept at it. If he wasn't working as an actor or a dancer, he would hang around the actor's studio. That's where all the talent was. Chris would push a broom around, help out, move things. They needed help here. That's where he'd be. And he would absorb all of the other things going on at the studio. Now, he wasn't at this time training at the studio, but he was getting a taste of how things went there, who went there, how to act. And mind you, he was doing, you know, bits and pieces of other things like, I don't know, picking up garbage. But that didn't matter, man. He was in the building, and that's what he liked. He also took great pride in just being involved in the theater, where he would be working behind the scenes. I really do believe there are some actors out there who wouldn't even attempt that. That's below me, they would say. Now, I'm not saying all actors think that way, but I'm telling you, some do. Most do. Chris would do anything to keep himself busy within the confines of the artistic world of theater, acting, dancing, performing. The guy loved it. That was his life. It was his life from the very beginning. He knew that too. He just had to be a part of it, no matter in what capacity. As long as he was in that world, he was okay. There was also a theater producer and director by the name of Joseph Papp that helped Christopher Walken tremendously during this time. Joe would tell Chris, don't worry. Keep your chin up. You have the talent. And there's something special about you. In fact, and this is from Joe Papp, he told Chris, Hey, I'm going to place you in three of my plays back to back to back. We're going to keep you working. And that's what he did. Chris would perform with actors like Raul Julia, who I'd never have brought up in any of my shows yet. Shame on me. Uh, He left us too soon. Raul Julia was freaking amazing. Chris loved musicals and also says this about live theater. Quote, he says the audience should be included in the playbill. He feels the audience is part of the show. And guess what? He is absolutely dead on 100% right on this one. Chris Walken, you nailed it on the fucking head. Being an actor on stage in the theater, the audience is a part of the experience. Yeah, they're there. They're watching the show. And I know, oh, the actors, they got to be in their own space. The theater stage is their home. There's no one in the audience to them. I say, bullshit. Even the greatest actors ever on stage know that there's an audience there. They're not stupid. Now, mind you, there may be moments where they're so enthralled in their character, so enthralled in the moment where nothing exists, and I get that. That happens, absolutely. But to say an actor completely shuts off the audience, that would be incorrect. That would be false. The audience is there. They're living and breathing. And you receive energy from the people sitting in the seats. This is a fact. And it's a great thing. You receive so much energy from the audience when you're on stage. They become a part of you. In your performance, they give you life. And Christopher Walken felt that the audience should actually be in the playbill. Because that's how much they're a part of the show. And Chris felt that, recognized that, admitted that. I agree. I feel the same way. Chris is without a doubt a performer, not just an actor. He performs. And I I think that I would put him right on par with an actor like Laurence Olivier. And I say that, that, that's incredible to me. And that's who I put down. I'm like, what actor would say something like that? Or perform the way they do. The kind of actor they are. Olivier was the same way. And guess what? Who was one of Christopher Walken's idols? I'll give you a second. Lawrence Olivier. Really? And uh, 
If you don't know, I highlight Lawrence, I'm sorry, Sir Lawrence Olivier. And I think it's episode number 13, an unlucky number, but not for Sir Lawrence Olivier in the actor's room. One of my favorite episodes, even the ones back in the day, which the ones back in the day I think were just bad. And I'm hoping and praying that this sounds good with all my new equipment. I'm so nervous about this stuff. Ah, ah, hmm. You know, I just am uh, uh, <clears throat> getting a little raspy. I got my water right here. We're going we're gonna to take a moment. Mm-mm-mm. I hate dead silence. That's why, like, when I'm taking a sip, you hear me go, mmm. I don't like silence. I listen to other shows. A lot of dead air. I listen to the radio. Dead air. Not good. I'm going to tell you this. <clears throat> the radio people, the people that own radio stations, they don't like to hear dead air. You better have a pretty damn good point after you say nothing for dead air to mean something. But we're continuing on talking about Mr. Christopher Walken. And I said that he was a performer, goddammit, and he was. Christopher Walken states that comedy acting is the hardest acting there is. They're the best actors, he says. And uh, I would uh, trust his opinion. This is a guy that's done, and I'm talking about Christopher Walken here. This is a guy that's done Shakespeare many times in his early career. Um, In saying that a comedy role is harder than a drama role, a lot of actors say that. It's not easy being funny. All right. It's hard. It is. And Chris realizes that. It is incredible to learn through my research. And I am going to shut off my phone. Boom. Off. Mm. You know, it was incredible actually doing research on Mr. Walken this week and realizing how much stage work he did in his early career. And I'm thinking he did about at least, <laughs> I'm not kidding, 15, 20 years of stage work in his early career. Wow. And then comes the movies. It was bound to happen, right? Chris, in the movies, it had to. Annie Hall, 1977. Chris plays Dwayne Hall, Annie's brother. He's a depressed guy. If you've seen Annie Hall, Dwayne, Chris Walken's character, he's a bit depressed. His character confesses to Woody in a scene that he has this uncanny compulsion to veer his car head on into traffic to oncoming cars when he's driving. His delivery is great, but it's Woody Allen that topped him with his line of comfort to Walken and his line to what Dwayne was this. Um, yeah, I gotta be going. They expect me back to planet Earth. End of quote. But the best part is a few scenes later. When Dwayne is driving both Woody and Annie to the airport, the, the look on Woody Allen's face is he's thinking to himself, this guy can kill me. Then came Deer Hunter in 1978 is Nick. I'm going to erase that, I think. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I like Annie Hall. And 1977, Annie Hall. And his character of Dwayne. I got this new equipment and I have like... I've actually had this equipment for a while. I've just been afraid to use it. I, I think that it's just, I'm so, I, I get so used to doing certain things. And this is with anybody, I'm sure. You get so used to one thing and that's all you know and it works, it works okay. And then you're presented with something new and you're afraid. 
uh, going over my Annie Hall and just like thinking about how I did that little section about Christopher Walken and how horrible it was. I'll probably go back and erase that. If not, we're going to keep it in the show as bloopers. Annie Hall section, I hope you understood that. Uh, We'll just recap it. How about that? We're going to recap that Annie Hall section about Christopher Walken, young in his career, working with Woody Allen in a Woody Allen film. I mean, I I have done Woody Allen as well, folks. I mean, I've been around for a while, I guess. I did like two episodes on Mr. Allen. And Annie Hall, I did highlight, um, but Chris Walken's character is so depressed and tells Woody that I have these urges when I drive a car late at night and I see the headlights coming at me. (laughs) I just want to veer and just end it all. And Woody takes that in. It's like, okay, psycho. (laughs) Woody gives a great reaction. And it's kind of easy to do that when you write the scenes. Kind of know how it goes. That's why when you have a brilliant writer that can act, that's a hole in one. That's a home run. That's a grand slam. Writers that can act, you understand the text. I mean, that's an actor's, like, number one job is Understanding the text, what it means, what you're supposed to do. And if you're the writer, you know what everything means, how things are supposed to go. And and if you can act that correctly and it looks good, Woody Allen was great at that. I know he was a little suspicious, things that he's done in his personal life, the young women and things like that. But he was brilliant. Woody Allen was a, is a brilliant artist. Getting back on track. Here we go. Christopher Walken. Deer Hunter. 1978 is Nick. I placed this performance on a pedestal. And it should be. This one came out of nowhere. For Chris. Nobody knew who the hell Chris Walken was. Small part in Annie Hall. Big deal. Chris says. He had no clue he'd be getting this role. He approached Michael Cimino, the director of this film, and asked him for a small role. He said, hey, Mike, any role. I just want to be on this movie. I'll be in the background. If you give me a speaking role, that'd be great. But as an actor, he felt there was no way in hell he'd be getting a big role. It didn't even cross his mind. Michael Cimino saw something in Chris. Whether he saw him in productions in the past, on stage... Or that small role in Annie Hall. Sometimes that's all it takes. But the director of this film, Deer Hunter, said, Guess what, Chris? I got a surprise for you. (laughs) You know the character Nick? And Chris is like, yeah. Well, congratulations. You got it. Chris couldn't believe it. You got to be fucking kidding me, he said. He was blown away. How am I going to do this? (laughs) Boy, oh boy. His performance, his deliveries, just him being Chris in this film. Chris says that he went to places in this film that felt, I may not come back from this. And this is common with actors. They get so far into the role. So far into this shit. And that's where Chris was in the Vietnam War movie. He was in the shit. His character started off as a shy, gentle, young man. And by the end of this film, he was a cracked man. Ruined. The POW scene is powerful. He became a fractured soul after that. Walken was nominated and won the Academy Award for this portrayal in The Deer Hunter. Well done. Early in his career, Academy Award. Walken actually says he went somewhere 
and I was afraid. He feared he wouldn't come back. He did, though. Thank God, Chris, you did. Some actors don't. Some actors have a hard time letting go of those roles. How they affect you. But Chris was able to brush it off. His acting was growing. He was learning more about his craft and himself. And all of this will lead to this. I had mentioned earlier that he would hang around the actor's studio. This is years before, but he was there. And this is important. He would eventually join the studio and perform for Lee Strasberg. Now, it took Mickey Work one time to get into the actor's studio, but walking, it took a few more. There was a time that Mr. Walken was doing a scene, doing it well, and he was performing in front of Strasberg, his teacher, the man. And a box of dishes backstage crashed to the floor. Huge crash. Big noise. And it was disruptive. Well, the scene ended. And Strasburg asked Walken why he didn't react to the broken dishes that happened backstage. And Walken said, well, I was concentrated in my work. I didn't want to break character. Right? And Strasburg said, no. Don't ignore life. You ignored those dishes. Although you heard those dishes, we all did. You refused to incorporate it in your reality on stage. Just remember this. Life cannot be ignored. And this stuck with Chris. There are elements of life that interfere with the flow of things. And in the process, dialogue becomes alive. And I love this about acting too. Walken would actually call this, quote, happy accidents, end quote. Chris is all about the energy of life. And in the 1970s, he was in a Zen mode. There is no judgment, he says. Be in the moment. There is no past. There is no future. Only the now. Quote, I can't imagine being somebody else when taking a role. It's me. End of quote. Chris claims that he uses a bit of sense memory in his acting, but not much. He feels that acting is childlike. You're always learning something new. And I love this. I I just paused for a moment. I I had to take that in. I love this. This is what Chris says. He feels that acting is childlike because you're always learning something new. Not only with the art form, but with yourself. If you're open to it, it can happen. And it's a beautiful thing. There's always something new to learn. You're always a child. Chris loves movies. Mostly acting in them. Not just watching. But they're great, he says. Because as opposed to theater and performing in front of an audience, doing it live, you can't start over. But in a film, you fuck up, you can say cut. Let's do it again. The beauty of theater. Cut. (laughs) This is his greatest advice to any young actor. Stay free. Don't think so much. Sounds easy, doesn't it? It's not. And it took Chris probably a long time to realize that. He said that there would be many uh, co-stars, scene partners, people in the business, directors, even producers that would give advice, give him good, solid, valuable advice. I think the one time he said, while acting with De Niro, De Niro just simply came up to walk in and said something like, Just let your mind go. Forget everything. And just be there. Just react. That's it. 
If you relax enough, it'll just happen. You don't have to do anything. Chris took that advice in, actually listened to that advice. And he said after that, he did a scene and it just happened. Like he didn't try and it just flowed. He was free. It's so easy, right? But so hard. You almost need that person to come up to you and slap you in the face and go, snap out of it. It's just that easy. It's hard, but it's easy. And just continuing on with this whole idea that we're talking about here, um, Chris believes an artist will get to a, quote, floating feeling, end of quote, in your craft. A sort of nirvana. He equates this to how he would feel as a dancer in his early career. He just let go, let it happen, let art take over, and it takes over your body and your soul. What an artist Mr. Christopher Walken is. His next film of note is Pennies from Heaven in 1981. He co-starred with Steve Martin on this one. He got this role because of his old dance teacher never forgetting about him from years before. His dancing was so damn good in the theater back then that directors remembered. And in this movie, he received a few compliments from his dancing after its completion. This movie here, Pennies from Heaven. He danced so well, he received one of the greatest compliments of his life. But it wasn't the compliment. It was who was giving it. Two pretty damn good dancers. Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire complimented Christopher Walken on his dancing. Think about that. Walken. Christopher Walken. Ronnie Walken. Chris Walken. (laughs) The guy could dance. (laughs) He can't. And he incorporates dancing in pretty much every single movie he does. Think about it. Think of a Christopher Walken movie. Uh, the only one that like, just popped in my head right now was Pulp Fiction. He didn't get a chance to dance in that one. The real small roles. But I'm talking about the roles he has where he's like the star. He finds a way to dance. He incorporates it. He loves it. He's so free in where he is that dancing becomes a part of his character. Because that's him. He doesn't ignore that. And that's what makes these actors great. The ones that are so free to incorporate what makes them free, what makes them good, what makes them feel good, what continues on in making them successful is allowing themselves to be open, to just do what feels natural. That's what makes Chris so enjoyable to watch, right? We enjoy watching him. We We take in his weirdness and his personality is that, just that. He's strange in that way, different. So what? That's what makes actors like him so interesting because he's a little different. God bless him. He says he simply loves to work. It's the process and then the result. He takes the roles. He hardly ever, ever declines a role. What a stark distinction. Between him and Mickey Rourke, the person I just highlighted. He got work, hated to work. (laughs) And at one point, hated to work in the business. Chris Walken loves to work and Mickey would turn down roles on a regular basis where Chris would take almost anything. It was a challenge. Uh, Most stuff that would come across Walken's desk Um, when he started to become more popular, more successful, were interesting roles anyway. And he looked at him and said, I never thought I could do that. Let's do it. I love actors like that. I love actors like that, that aren't afraid to try anything. The actors that go, I don't want to do that. Uh, That's that's not me. Cowards. And I understand there's some things that you just wouldn't touch, or feel that you just can't do, and I get that. And that, that might be the responsibility of a uh, casting director that goes, okay, you're, you're not going to play that role. That's just not you. Okay, that's ridiculous. Okay, I get that. Uh, but say a, a director 
that knows what they're doing comes up to you and says, I want you for this role. You'd be perfect for it. And although you have like this reservation about it, like that scares me. But yeah, intriguing. Those are the artists. Those are the great ones too that aren't afraid to take on a role. Mr. Walken says he takes great pride in being different. Thank God. He's a certain type. And it's hard to find his type, he says. No shit. And he's comfy with this. He's comfy with himself. And how strange he really is. He also acknowledges that there have been certain people in the business who are afraid of him before they meet him. It's been documented. There are famous people that have never met Chris Walken and are afraid of him. (laughs) He's so weird, right? I don't know about that guy. Uh, (laughs) Like if he walked in a room, you'd be like, oh, interesting, but uh, keep him away. (laughs) But then you meet Chris and you get it. He actually says he's a normal guy. He's like, I like staying in. I pay my bills. I've been married for like 40 years. Uh, I have a cat. I feed my cat. I'm a normal guy. I pay my taxes. (laughs) You know, I do normal things. I'm not some weirdo. I'm just eccentric. A little odd. And I incorporate it in my work and my style. That's just Chris. Uh, Chris says, you know, you don't like me. It's okay. I get it. I come off that way. But soon after meeting me, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm just that kind of guy. I'm Chris. You'll eventually get me. The Dead Zone, 1983. I like this movie. It's fun. And I like the way they made fun of this on Saturday Night Live. Oh, man. And by the way, Walken is one of the greatest guests on SNL ever. Him and Alec Baldwin, they're just great. It's their show. They're good at it. And as much as Chris Walken says, like, comedy's hard, he's fucking good at it. I enjoy all the shows that he did on SNL. Cowbell. And he has that reoccurring role of, like, I forget, he's like a hotel guy. The girl, like, it's just the camera that comes into the room. <laughs> like, all you see is the camera angle. And he says, like, something kind of perverted. And then the, the camera, this is supposed to be a girl. <clears throat> Getting flammy here. Let me gotta take a sip. Took a sip. But anyways, what I mean is the guy could do comedy. The SNL stuff is great. Christopher Walken. And Dead Zone was good, 1983. And even my daughter Madeline recognized Walken the other day. I'm watching one of his movies, getting ready for this week. Watching one of his movies. Madeline, my daughter, 16 years old, sitting right next to me. Glances up at the movie I'm watching. King in New York, right? She says, is that Christopher Walken? I said, what? Uh, Yes. First off, yes. Second off, you know who Christopher Walken is? She's like, yeah. I said, that's great. That is great. Do you know how long this guy's been doing it? I mean, he was popular in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 90s. Still, people know who he is, and I find that great. He has stretched across many generations, and that's fantastic. All right, looking at my notes, and then looking how much time we got left, about 45 minutes. We're looking good here. Good. We're going to have to break this one in half, folks. These great ones, they just go that way. But we'll do a few more films and wrap up this episode of The Actors Room. This one, 1986, at close range, Sean Penn had his eye on Walken to play his dad. Sean begged him, Chris, please, be in my movie. And Chris is like, you don't have to beg. I'll do your movie. It's okay. I guess Sean has to beg a lot of people to be in his movies. Sean's kind of hard to work with a little bit, but he's one of the greatest actors ever. And I think 
one of the greatest actors, not only actors, sorry, but one of the greatest directors ever, Sean Penn. Christopher Walken plays Sean's dad. And oh boy, do we get some great acting. The movie's okay, but you get some great acting between Walken, Penn, and Mary Stuart Masterson. But we have to mention this part in the movie. There's a scene where Sean Penn confronts Walken, his father, in the kitchen with a gun. Christopher Walken, the man, hates guns, despises them. He's afraid of them. Me too, Chris. I think I've held a gun twice in my life. Chris Walken says he's held a gun once in his life, and it was like this foreign object. It just wasn't meant to be in his hands, and for me, it, it's not It's not either. I fired one. I didn't like it that much. I mean, you feel powerful, you do. You feel kind of powerful. Get it. But I'm not a gun guy. They scare me. They do a lot of damage. Chris feels the same way. Petrified of guns. And if there's ever a scene in any movie that he's done, he checks the gun before, during, and after the scenes to make sure it's fake. That's number one. And to make sure that it's just safe. Well, they did this scene where Sean Penn has the gun and he's pointing it towards Chris. Fake gun and all. So, you know, Chris isn't too shaken up. But Sean Penn felt the scene wasn't going very well. Went off set. And yelled, Get me the other gun! (laughs) Chris Walken says, I was so full of fear, you wouldn't believe it. Sean Penn came on set with this other fucking gun that looked real and could have had bullets in it. I was shitting my pants. And you could tell in the scene... I thought that gun was real and he could blow my head off. What a great scene. What a great story. Sean Penn. The man. And it just goes to show you the kind of artist Sean Penn is when he thinks of stuff like that. To scare the shit out of walking. Be like, I'm going to fuck with this guy. And he did. Alright, we're going to talk about Biloxi Blues 1988 before we end this episode. This is one of my favorite walk-in performances. If not, one of my favorite of all time. He placed a different spin on the tough drill sergeant Toomey. The playwright Neil Simon, who wrote this, watched the film being made and was absolutely impressed with the way Chris changed the personality of Toomey. Neil Simon wrote him one way, and Chris played him another. And even his co-star, Matthew Broderick, said, It was incredible. The first time Chris walked on set and did the very first scene, the whole scene, he did it so different. Laid back, relaxed, fun, And he threw us for a loop because some of the cast members were actually involved in the Broadway production done years before. Broderick was one of them. Broderick did the Broadway show a few years back. The hit show. And when it became a movie and they decided on walking to take the role, he did it different. He did it Chris's way. And Chris said he would do this. He would take a role and just do it really different. Not the way you should. And sometimes, magic happens. And he did it in this film. Biloxi Blues, a gem of a film. If you've never seen it, I recommend it very, very highly. Walken used improv and his talent. And he created something new. That's what the great ones do. And Chris Walken is a great one. When you impress Neil Simon, who I consider a genius, that's saying something. 
This guy has a lot of talent. And he's fun to watch. And I can't wait to continue on talking about him next week in the Actors Room. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening. I hope the sound is okay. I hope you're okay. Uh, I was, once again, nervous about doing this episode uh, because of my new microphone and also because Chris Walken is a very important actor to me. Uh, a fun episode to do. Um, I loosened up about 15, 20 minutes in. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to enjoy the rest of my evening. I hope you do too. And see a movie. I'm getting back to that now in my show. Seeing a movie. We're going to go down tonight. We're going to see and watch and enjoy a Harry Potter movie. It's been too long. We would watch a Harry Potter movie like once a month for a while there. Uh, We got away from that. We do it like once in a while now. So we're going to do that tonight. Enjoy a movie. I hope you do too. Um, I'm starting to get better at Twitter. If you're still listening, I'm starting to understand Twitter. It's really strange. Twitter, it's a mystery. It's so complicated. I'm not that techie. I know how to do some things, uh, but Twitter is a mystery to me. But I'm slowly starting to figure out a few things. It's great. And I did promise some of you that I'm going to do a River Phoenix update. I keep dangling that one. I'm I'm collecting uh, facts. And we're going to see what happens with that. So stay tuned. In the actor's room, more stuff coming at you soon enough part two of chris walken next week isn't he interesting most of you out there uh, say to yourself chris walken weird i like him isn't that kind of how we would uh classify him weird but i like him he's talented he's a dancer he's a tap dancer a tall Tap dancer. (laughs) They're rare, folks. So was he. He's rare. All right. You have a great day. Have a great night. Have a drink or two, three, four. Hey, whatever it takes for you to get that nice little buzz. Don't get drunk. You don't want that. You know, who wants to get sick? Who wants to wake up tomorrow morning with a hangover, a headache? You feel like shit the next day? That is no fun. Just have enough. Just to, you you feel good. I might do that tonight. I might have a martini. A vodka martini with three olives. We're going to make it dirty, folks. Dirty. Yeah. Woo! Thank you for listening to the show. My name's Jeff Tarowski. And there you go. Have a great time. God bless you. Have a good one.